like my father was in East Tennessee land of free home free spent time as a kid hills of Carolina mountains and valleys there there's no place finer still my time keeps ticking away I'll just keep All right. Hello, everyone. Hey, hey. Here Welcome we are. Back. We managed Here you to do, are. <laughs> here we are. Here you are. We've managed to do two weeks in a row consistently again, so I'm feeling really good about that. <laughs> Proud of us. I'm better. Morgan here. My voice is back and things are good. Yay. And my voice is still here. Just been busy, busy. It is definitely a busy time of year. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we hope you guys are doing well. Last week was our State of the Union 4.0. So that was the update. Um, and this week we're gonna we're gonna take it back again to um when I, Morgan, the younger cousin. Uh, I'm Sarah, the older cousin. <laughs> that's Sarah, the older cousin. Um, and this this week's episode, we're gonna talk a little bit about my childhood again, but kind of like, well, I guess still my childhood. Um, in previous episodes, the second grade episode, I told you guys about, you know, how much my parents physically fought and me being an only child. So I'm going to go into like a niche of their, uh, <laughs> of their abusive, toxic relationship and uh, their fighting and talk about times that they would fight in public and how much it fucks Wait, me. It's a, it's a DV compilation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so niche. Um, so I have a, a few stories that come to mind. And Sarah, if anything comes to your mind, you can let me know. We we are recording on a Friday. As you guys know, we release this podcast on Sundays. And I texted Sarah this morning with what I thought we should talk about today. So it's going to be completely fresh for her. Yeah. Yeah. We both had really, really busy weeks um, mm-hmm. with work and travel and life and all the things. So um, but here we're going to get right into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as you guys know, my parents had a really tumultuous, uh, physically abusive relationship. My mom was an al- is is and was an alcoholic. Um, and yeah, you guys know from the second grade episode. If you haven't listened to the second grade episode, you probably should listen to that before you listen to this one. I would think. Yeah. Um, because that background's pretty important. I think. Really, you should probably listen to these chronologically. If you're hopping yes. in, welcome. But. You should go back to the first episode, probably. Yeah, because like a lot telling of stuff, a story, yeah, right? like one of, of those movies. It's telling the story, and it's like current, and then it goes back, oh and then God. it's current, and then it goes back, and then you have to put it all together. No, we're literally in an HBO limited series at this point, because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what all their shows are doing nowadays, and I love it. I love that we're doing that. Too. It's funny. I was at um, post kickball dinner with my team last night and toward the end of the night, they were asking me some questions and I was like, yeah, I have a podcast. And they're like, oh, my God, you have a podcast. <laughs> and like I literally in like two sentences gave an overview of what the first episode is about. And everybody's like, look at it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good way to sell it. Yes, um, absolutely. Alter- alternatively, I've found out that many of my coworkers listen to it, which is like totally welcomed and totally fine. I'm glad you guys are here and listening with me, but it's just interesting because they know this whole other side of me. Yes. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah. So 
Anyways, um, so my parents had this habit of, uh, again, and and as I mentioned in the second grade episode, like obviously there was a lot of violence at home and there was a lot of pressure to act like everything was perfect outside of the home. But sometimes they just couldn't keep their shit together and they would lose their shit in public. Um, So a few stories come to mind. I remember one time my parents and I, and I was probably like um, early high school, mid high school. uh, So teenager. I remember we were going to go to this restaurant that was a little outside of the city that we lived in. And um, we lived in Knoxville, but this restaurant was outside of the city. I don't even remember the name of it. Um, But I remember they had fried mushrooms that my mom loved. And so we were going to go there or whatever. And What usually happened when my parents would fight in public is my mom was usually not sober and my parents would start arguing on the car ride there. Um, And I believe that's what was happening this day. And again, this day is what happened this time happened many other times. Um, This is just the one specific one that I really remember pretty well. Um, I remember like they were arguing on the car ride there and, you know, me I was always like the mediator. That was always my role, trying to keep them from physically fighting, trying to keep them from yelling at each other, you know, trying to like referee, but also, you know, throwing in my opinion on both sides. And yeah, I, there's I always like the precursor. There's always like the something happened at home before you left or something yeah. happened in the drive. And it's like, but somehow we still have this false hope that we're going to go spend this money and have a good experience. <laughs> Whenever everybody knows in high Insight, you should have just went back home. Like, yeah, like never should have. What is that? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Just that, like, I guess they, one, were so, it was just like so normal to them to be fighting. And then two, they were like, we still want to go live life like normal. I don't know. That's a, that's a really good point. Cause yeah, we should have just stayed at home. Um, but yeah, we get to the restaurant and we, you know, we've sat down, we've ordered these fried mushrooms that we all love. Um, but they're still fighting and I'm feeling very anxious cause I know where this sometimes leads to. Um, and I, I think our mushrooms had come out. We had eaten the mushrooms, maybe that some bread came out and they started. And this fighting. is really full in my mushrooms. I love fried mushrooms mushrooms too with honey mustard like yeah me too where'd that come from (laughs) some kind of special sauce I know god um yeah and I always think of this I think when I eat fried mushrooms um but I yeah so they started arguing again started escalating and what would usually happen in restaurants is my dad would threaten to leave and he would be like come on Morgan we're leaving and uh, we would usually either try to push through and make it through the meal. But in this case, we um, we had to leave. We had to cash out and leave and tell the, the server to cancel the rest of our food. They had they were raising their voices in the restaurant. People were looking at us. And what my dad would do, like my, my parents spent a lot of time arguing in the car. What my dad would do is threaten to like either my mom would threaten to get out of the car or my dad would say, I'm going to just leave you here. I'm going to like, I'm going to drop you off here. You can figure out your own way to get home, which is obviously incredibly abusive and awful. Yeah. Um, and that was like a real, a real fear all the time of like, is my dad going to force my mom to get out of the car and figure out how to get home? Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we all ended up getting into the car and driving home this time. Um, but like just that feeling of like the, the embarrassment in the restaurant 
and like people looking at us and having to tell the server like sorry we're cancer on meals we have to leave because they're clearly arguing is so fucking embarrassing and just awful um and that happened we've both worked in food service right so like have you ever dealt with a situation like that on the other end like working no I've I've definitely dealt with oh I mean not that I knew of no like I've had people say like oh we have to leave but it like was never obvious that it was because they were arguing I've had people like look at the prices of the menu and be like oh no we're leaving yeah but never that have you well I worked at a country club and it was private (laughs) (laughs) the drinking and backdoor stuff so there were definitely like some fights and you don't have to pay your bill because you have an account and I know your numbers. (laughs) That's true. So there was definitely country club drama that I've dealt with. But I was just thinking on the other end of the spectrum, like what your server was going through. Was it like, okay, I'm going to go get the drink order. Nope. Nope. Wait. Okay. I think it's safe. Like, you know, like they're fighting again. I guess I won't go get their order. Yeah. Do you need the ticket? (laughs) Yeah. And then like, you know, they're like, check out table 23. Like they're clearly fighting the poor kid that's with them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. We were that family. Um, There were two vacations that so we would always vacation most years to either Florida or the Carolinas, as most people in the southeast do. They love to go to fucking Florida and then put a sticker on their car that says salt life to let people know they vacationed in Florida. And Myrtle Beach, baby. And Dirty Myrtle. That's right. That's right. Dirty Myrtle. Um, And me being an only child, like often I would get to bring one friend, right? So I remember in high school, um, we had, I had two vacations in a row, like one year and then the next year where I took the same friend and God bless her because um, I guess my parents were comfortable enough to, or just didn't care at this point to fight in front of this one friend. Um, Cause I usually would keep it under wraps in front of my friends, but I guess they got so comfortable with this one. Cause I was with her all the time that there was the first year we were at the physical beach. And I remember they pulled this shit in the restaurant where my dad just got up and left and went back to the hotel or actually, maybe my mom left first. She left and then because she was hammered. I remember her being so fucked up and my dad was pissed about it and didn't want to go to dinner. And, you know, I'm sure there were conversations that were happening that I didn't I wasn't privy to or didn't understand as a child or teenager. So right. like, I, I often didn't know exactly what they were fighting about. I just usually knew that like my mom wasn't sober and whether that was they were fighting because she wasn't sober or they were fighting and then she became not sober to cope. Like, who knows? But this time at the beach, she left first. She was absolutely hammered. And I remember this was like maybe our junior year of high school or sophomore year. And we had both. I hadn't really started drinking because I was so afraid to drink because of what <laughs> I'd witnessed my whole life. Yeah. But this friend had. And I remember her being like, oh, my God, your mom's going to be so hungover in the morning. And I was like, no, she's not. <laughs> Like she's, she does this all the time. She's not going to be hungover in the morning. <laughs> That's like a whole topic though. Like, does she just feel bad all the time <laughs> or is her body acclimated to it? My mom as well, like yeah. real bad, you know, every day doing the same thing and drinking that much and then functioning the next morning, every single day. Like, right. Do you, are you grouchy? Cause you, you're fucking hungover for life or. Yeah, no, honestly, what? I mean, and my mom. You know, for all the years that she drank every single night, she always went to work the next day. Yeah. For the most part, unless, you know, there were some times where she didn't. But, you know, her track record was 
pretty decent for someone who was heavily drinking every single night the night before. I mean, I certainly couldn't do it. So that's a good question. Does your body just get used to it? Do you just not feel like shit? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm 28. I'm not really be... trying to like make sport of it. I'm curious. No. Because yes, one good night of drinking will put me down. I'll be like passing out, feeling dizzy and lightheaded and just like can't do life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, at me at 28 going on 29 in a few months, like I have one heavy night of drinking and I feel like shit for three days. after. <laughs> like no shit. Yeah. Um, so that's a great question. Yeah. Um, but I remember this one, she went back and she somehow went back to the hotel and we all got locked out. And I remember she was like passed out in the hotel. And I remember, <gasps> I don't, I think my dad was so pissed that he like went off to like smoke a cigarette and I don't even know if we had cell phones or if they I, like I probably had a cell phone, but I can't remember if they did. Like my mom got a cell phone like way later. I don't remember if my dad had a work cell phone, but I just remember my friend and I like we were trying to get back into the hotel and we could not get back in. And it was just like I was so embarrassed and just like trying to explain to her like, hey, like, yeah, actually, this is what my life is. And my parents fight all the time. And you know, all the things. God bless her. She went on a vacation again the next year. This year, this time we went on a cruise. And I don't know if people who have been on like the like middle-class American cruises know, but (laughs) you get, or at least at the time, I mean, this was, you know, over 10 years ago at this point, but you, we were, you get put at the dinner oftentimes with other people. Mm -hmm. So like, we didn't have just our like table of four for dinner every night. We were sharing like a table of like eight. We were like with like another couple and another family, which was like, I don't know if they still do that. I don't know if you can pay more to like have your own table or what, but um, because obviously the food is unlimited on the cruises. It was interesting because like you got to know people and it's like forced you to socialize, which was fun. Um, what wasn't fun was the one night when it was, I remember it was the, um, the dressy night, the formal night where you essentially wear like a prom dress and you go like, (laughs) take your picture and all those like silly backgrounds, (laughs) the beach backgrounds, (laughs) the The piano. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So we were like all excited and all dolled up. And again, my parents were fighting. My mom wasn't sober. We Put, put on our smiley faces anyways. I was trying to like smooth things over and make it normal for the friend. And we went to that dinner. We were at the table with all the other people who we had already met. And I remember my parents would not stop fighting. And finally, my dad slammed his hand on the table and got up and left. <sighs> and we were just sitting there. And like even telling these stories, like I can feel that like physical reaction that like anxiety of just like the um, there's just like immense embarrassment Mm -hmm. and shame and just anxiety um and they would do this shit all the time like i said like in the car before we would go to family functions at restaurants most notably on vacation in front of my friends and it just like it fucked me up so even like to this day and i've gotten a little better about it but like to this day i i have to tell like partners like hey if we're like having a disagreement or an argument um and and this is even like i've never really been in a relationship where like i have arguments where we're like screaming at each other or anything you know just like a normal like run of the mill healthy argument where you're both mad at each other you know and and right. disagree on something or or whatever but i've had to tell partners like hey if we're mad at each other and we have to like be it with people or like be at a function or something. I need us to pretend like everything's okay. Like <laughs> I've had to like tell them that 
because yeah. the idea of like having an argument in public, it, it, it just, I cannot even handle it. There were a few times like in college with an, with my like long-term ex, um, we had like, he was in a fraternity, lived in the fraternity house and I was just generally insecure. So, you know, and he was around sorority girls all the time. And like, <laughs> you know, me being like young and insecure, like we would kind of get in, in some arguments and I had a couple of panic attacks when we would like kind of argue when I knew people were around. I remember one time we were at a concert and had an argument about something and I had a full on panic attack and we had to leave. Um, and that was kind of before I'd like had made the connection of like, wait, why yeah. does this trigger me so much? Um, well, and there's other things about public that I think can also be attributed to, you know, everything that you're sharing today, even taking pictures yes. in public, like with your phone, like something I do all the time without given a shit like I know you're very conscious about that like you're very conscious about the way that you present yourself in public and I think it's probably all related oh yeah there's something about like being in public and feeling like I'm like disturbing others or like if someone's kind of making a scene even if they're being silly or funny or whatever like it does it triggers that same feeling of like and I've had to like yeah with like taking pictures in public where I feel like everyone's looking at us it triggers <laughs> that for my for my childhood and I've had to like learn to be like okay Morgan <laughs> you're doing a very normal thing <laughs> yes. this is okay to take a photo in public or it's okay to be silly in public or whatever like it's it's not an unsafe situation like you're going to be able to get home and every Everyone's going to be able to go home together and like, you know, yeah. you have to like tell your brain and your body like this isn't the same thing. Um, yeah. But it's like it's probably the thing that causes some of the most anxiety for me to this day. Yeah. It's crazy how these experience experiences and trauma manifest into different forms. And whenever you were talking about being at the shared table on the cruise ship, the first thing that popped to my mind, because I've obviously been in similar situations as a child, mm -hmm. is immediately the feeling I have, other than, you know, the embarrassment and shame and all that, and, you know, feeling scared, is not, oh my God, this sucks for me. It's always, I want to make sure everybody else is okay. Even oh, though yeah. I didn't do it, it was my parents or someone else. My immediate concern is assuring everybody else that it's okay. We're okay. It's okay. You know, like mm -hmm. immediately think about other people and not myself. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and yeah, just being yeah, worried about everyone else. Absolutely. Yeah. I think another way a lot of this has shown up for me, um, and not just like the arguing in public, but just like not seeing healthy arguments in general and, yeah. and seeing like arguments that are physical and end up in screaming and then they're never actually resolved. You just pretend like it didn't happen the next day is that I've become, and I've, I've done a lot of work and I, I, but I still find myself having to work on it a little bit even to this day is I've become pretty conflict adverse, which surprises yeah. people because I don't have a problem. I conflict for me, if I have a conflict with someone like a, a friend or even a relationship, I can easily, I'm trying to think of how to articulate this. I, I have no problem with conflict that I think will result in an, in an ending. Like like the relationship is going to end. The friendship mm -hmm. is going to end. I have no problem with conflict like that. And I will go into conflict with, here's why I'm mad. Here are my points and we're done. But conflict resolution, which is a very different thing, healthy conflict resolution, 
mm-hmm. it's hard for me because I've just really never witnessed it. Like what I've seen growing up is conflict is bad and violent and loud and scary. And then the next day you pretend like it doesn't happen and it feels weird and doesn't feel authentic. Right. Is really it's yeah. So like healthy conflict resolution, especially in like friendships or things like that. It's been really hard. And I've had friends, you know, when I've had conflict with them, I've had the like, I'll kind of like keep it to myself for, for so long. And then I'll finally talk to them and they're like, Hey, why don't you just come talk to me about this? Yeah. And I've had to be like, Oh yeah. Like this is a safe, healthy relationship and I can actually bring these things up to them. And it doesn't have to be either. I just never bring the conflict up or I bring it up and we end our relationship. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, yeah, that's how that's like manifested for me is I've had to like really teach myself actual healthy conflict resolution, which Mm -hmm. is good. It's really a healthy thing in relationships. Yeah. There's no relationships that don't have conflict aren't really healthy relationships. Yeah. It's just how you handle it in a healthy way. And like both persons, even though maybe one side or the other, you know, doesn't get everything they want, being happy with that resolution and being able to move on, even if you're, you know, not 100% happy with it. Like, yeah, that's, I never really thought about how that is not something that we experienced very much. I mean, our family are like the queens of screaming and hanging up phones. Like these old school, like phones with the cord and the receiver. I don't know how many receivers we've gone through at this family business. Right. Them them things are strong, boy. (laughs) Like they hold up. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because they've been slammed. And that's the thing though, is they scream at you and you have this huge blow up conflict, but then the next day you pretend like everything's fine and you never actually address the issues in a healthy way. You never actually resolve the conflict, Yeah, which is just so fucked up. And then, yeah, you just learn that conflict, you either avoid conflict or you do conflict and it's a big blow up. And as an adult, like outside of our unhealthy family, well, our family that has many unhealthy patterns, mm-hmm. uh, you can't have a big blow up and maintain a, a healthy adult friendship or relationship. So it's yeah. either the two options are, yeah, avoid the conflict, have the conflict or a blow up and in the relationship, or then this foreign unknown thing of having a healthy conflict and resolving it, which we're just like, we're having to learn it. I don't, I've never seen that. What is this? Right. Exactly. And I'm obsessed with having healthy resolutions. I love helping people work through problems and come to a common ground, I guess, because I didn't get the stability of that as a child. So I'm like, we're going to fix it. (laughs) Let's Yeah. It actually, it it feels so productive too. When you're like, oh, wow, this, this is actually a thing. It can be done. Well, I also obsess, and I know you probably do too. If there is something on my mind about someone, I constantly think about it until it's resolved. Yeah. So, like, true too. holding stuff in is hard because I like obsess about it and overthink it and all of that. Well, I think it's probably because you think that conflict is bad. Yeah. Like, that's what we know is that conflict is bad. So, like, having a conflict with someone, it's going to like, you're going to be constantly anxious and thinking about it because you associate it with being bad. Right. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Those like in, in public blow ups, God bless all the restaurant workers who have had to, <laughs> to deal with that in the past. Yeah. And I don't think I can ever go back to that one restaurant. I'm pretty sure it's still there. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't think I can ever go back. Cause yeah. it's just like, God. Yeah. Just thinking about those moments, like makes me so anxious. Even when I was thinking about, like t- what I would talk about in this episode today and all the things like I was feeling anxious. And I had to be like, Morgan, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you're not 
at a restaurant right now with your parents and one of them's about to leave or scream in the middle of the restaurant. It's all good. Yeah, it is. I, you know, uh, I remember when you were not born and then after you were born and little, you know, I've said before, like our parents would used to do a lot of stuff together and travel. And I mean, there's this one Gatlinburg trip that I, you were little, but I distinctively remember it. And I remember your parents fighting in public and like all this stuff happening. And it is just like the worst feeling ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it, you're so anxious. You feel unsafe. You're embarrassed. You're shameful. And then you're worried about like, like you want to try to smooth it over with everyone else who's witnessing everyone else who's involved, mm-hmm. like all the strangers. Like I, I think I know I've talked about in past episodes, like at family functions when mm-hmm. my parents were fighting or my mom wasn't sober, me trying to like, like divert from it, like be a distraction from it. Or like if someone brought it up, like quickly divert the conversation, yeah. like, which is just, just crazy because like, everyone knows what's going on. Always on eggshells. Yeah. But we're trying to improve everyone else's experience. Doesn't yeah. matter that it's our experience sucks. Yeah, I've never thought about it that way. Like, that's a really it's, good It's point. like a weird codependency thing. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's yeah. I've ne- so bizarre. Yeah, I've never thought about like, oh, wow, this sucks for me. It's, it was really more of just like, I got to fix this situation, smooth it over. For everybody else. Yeah. Make it as normal as possible for everyone else, which is yeah. so much work. Even it's like, us- I didn't even do this. And we're even like trying to make the experience better for the offenders, the ones that are exactly. fighting. It's oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, we just need it. But then your memory is inundated with just the trauma. You know, that's what sucks about it. It does. Yeah. And, you know, I was trying to think of more of these stories. They all kind of blend together. My brain, I think, has truly just blocked a lot of them out because they're just awful. I love (laughs) the brain. The brain is so great. I'm just like, yeah, I guess I don't want to remember that because that shit is not fun. Did anything ever happen in public at your school or at school events? Um, No, because... Rarely would both of my parents come to a school event. Um, And my mom was usually on her bed. Like she was, she would never, I don't think she ever came to anything at school, not sober. Cause I think she was really aware of like other parents' perceptions. And like, she was pretty involved in school when I was in elementary school and stuff. Like she did PTA, she volunteered. She would volunteer at the nurse's office and stuff. Um, And my dad, usually would was not involved in school stuff um like my soccer games both of them would usually come uh not always like oftentimes it was just one or the other um but yeah nothing happened at school that I can think of thankfully because that would have oh god that would have destroyed me oh yeah no (laughs) yeah I think that would have absolutely fucking destroyed me I mean I None of the other awful stuff did, but I think that one would have. Morgan's turning red with anxiety just thinking about it. Just thinking about that possibility. Oh my God. It would be so bad. Yeah, I know. Only just in front of like one friend or or strangers Mm. at a restaurant or gas station or whatever. Um, And I'm trying to remember too if like if my dad actually ever like left my mom in the middle of somewhere. I, I don't think that ever actually happened, but. Honestly, maybe my brain is blocking it out if it did. I have all these animals disrupting my closet. (laughs) They infiltrated the bathroom door. Oh, no. I've got the cat and small dog, and they're trying to play through the door, and there's a bell (laughs) on the cat, so I'm sure everybody can hear that. Oh, I actually don't hear it yet. Okay. 
Yeah. So you're good. Oh man. But you know, trying to work through that as an adult and it's, it's, I, the, I think the most important step is being able to make that connection and know, like when I start to feel that anxiety uh, or shame or embarrassment and just realizing like, okay, this is not the same situation and you're actually an adult now and you're in control and yeah. you're safe and all of those things. I think that's like the biggest step and yeah, being able to check in with yourself and and know where that connection comes from and, and tell yourself the same. And that's the cool part is making the connection and <clears throat> being able to start fixing something because yeah. you know where it comes from or where it originated, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think when people think about like healing from their trauma, certainly I used to feel really overwhelmed by that. Um, Cause I'm the type of person that I'm like, look, if you just tell me how to get over this or heal it, give me a checklist and I'll, I'll get it done. I'll do it. That's obviously not how it works out or right. how it is in reality. But truly I think the fixing it part really is just being aware and knowing where it came from from you know the past what trauma you can connect it to and yeah. just being aware really being aware and that's really fixing it i mean i guess mm-hmm. you could be aware and and then still react poorly i guess that could be a thing yeah but usually when you're aware you're then able to like be like oh okay and you that's that i feel like that is healing and that is fixing it well morgan thank you for sharing that yeah. was awesome and i love the connections that were made yeah yeah, it feels productive. So that's good, at least. Yeah. Um, send us your stories. If you have similar stories of public outburst and trauma, <laughs> trauma in public. God. Embarrassments. Um, yeah, send us those. Uh, we would love to hear them. Otherwise, we hope you guys are doing well and yes. enjoying your spring as the weather warms up and hopefully being able to get outside and do some nice things and get your vitamin D. It's so pretty. Yeah, exactly. Um, we hope you guys have a wonderful weekend or well, you're listening to this on Sunday. So we hope you have a wonderful week, had a wonderful yes. weekend and have a wonderful week. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you guys soon. Love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.